0: This episode's magic for a lot of reasons. Let's just start with the five like, foundational principles, things to focus on, to personalizing customer experiences and e-commerce platforms and everywhere that basically guarantee your success. Like That's where I will start. Uh, I was joined by the customization geek, the head of partnerships at Optimunk, which is an incredible website. Uh, also, he used to work at Bonjoro, which is one of my favorite companies in the world uh, with everything they do and how they do it. And we got to do something today I haven't been able to do in a long time because Eric is a conversion rate optimization specialist, basically, with data to back up most of the principles that I teach you. And so today we go into the principles, how you can apply them to an e-commerce site. Then I give examples on how you can apply them to your business, your service business, your coaching business. And it is obsessive about customer journey, personalization, the tools that you can use, how you can use them where to find resources, and so much more. And so this one was an absolute blast for me. And so I'm going to stop there because this episode is just so good. So without further ado, let me stop bumping my gums and let's get into the episode. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good. Because this is the Mind of George podcast, where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business each monday and friday i'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home giving you the tools to extract honor and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers sound fabulous cool let's get into the episode All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Mind of George show. And today I am actually really, really excited. And uh, I'm going to be getting to know the personalization geek as you do, because we've just exchanged some messages and some back and forth. But I knew he was in uh, when he's like, you'll probably say no, but I'd love to have you on the show. And I'm like, just for that reason, I have to say yes. But he is a mind uh, that's just like mine when it comes to customer experience, customer journey, Uh, works at a company as the Personalization Geek uh, with an incredible tool that leverages all these ecosystems to help build world-class experiences. And so I'm actually really excited because I realized before the show that I haven't really dedicated an episode to just even online shopping experience on the physical side, whether it's WooCommerce or Shopify. And so we're going to take this episode and dive into customer journey and whatever wisdom and genius, the personalization geek drops to me, I'm going to be taking notes and learning. And so that is who is here today. And so I'd love to welcome Eric Melker to the show. Eric. That that was a pretty
1: good intro, George. I don't know if I'm going to live up to the hype, but we'll see.
0: (laughs) Well, well, that's that's the game. I'm going to put it out there. So we're going to we're going to let you do it. And I before I even get in, I was like, I was like, how are you? He's like trying to stay cool. I'm like, where are you? And he's like Bucharest. And I was like, wait, hold on. It took my brain like a minute to calculate Bucharest. And so you are joining me all the way from Bucharest to Montana virtually. And I think that's super cool. So I love that. And I love entrepreneurship that you live in Bucharest with your family and we're yeah. doing this. Yeah. It's great. No, it's,
1: it's, it's really nice here. And there's like four seasons coming from Texas and uh, it's definitely a lot cooler than back home. I talked to my brother the other day and he was just saying that there's been so many consecutive days above hundred degrees Fahrenheit. And so, uh, And we feel like we made a good choice moving here. Obviously, the weather was a big factor. And because of global warming and just hot temperatures everywhere, uh, it's not as bad as it is back in Houston. And uh, for my folks back in H-Town, I feel you. And I hope your AC is working good. And I hope you're staying cool and hydrated.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And tip for next year, call the AC company in March, not June. Like, Just get way ahead of it. I learned that lesson here. I learned that lesson because I live in Montana and we don't have like most houses don't have AC AC, because we don't get above like 93, 94 and it cools off to the fifties at night. But we had a hot summer last year and we had like a couple hundred days. And I remember our AC froze and I called everybody and it was like a 14 day wait. And I was like, Oh my goodness. And so call in spring. So before we get into like customer journey, like, can you give us kind of like an overview of like how you went from Houston to the customization, personalization geek living in Bucharest with your family, like an in-customer experience? Yeah, and in absolutely.
1: So back in Houston, I worked as a marketing and CX director for uh, some energy retail companies, publicly traded companies, you know, had big budgets, big teams. And then my wife, she's from Romania. Once we had our kids, We felt like she had been in Houston for for a very long time. And we felt like, you know what, maybe it would be nice to go back and let our kids get to know her side of the family. Um, It'd be good because she had been in the States for about 10 years. And also, you know, things like the weather, the cost of living, the ability to go on many vacations, like in the mountains, like a a short drive away, whereas whereas in Houston, if you drive for seven or eight hours, you're still in flat land. I mean, you're still in Texas, right? So we made that decision when COVID happened because we were trying to juggle working kids. Uh, We had a newborn kid and a two-year-old son, and trying to juggle uh, working at home with both kids, it just wasn't (laughs) happening. And so her mom said, why don't you come here? I can help with the kids, and if you guys can work remote, uh, then you guys should be able to do it. And that's what we did. Uh, We made that decision. And within three months, we were over here. Uh, We thought the hardest thing was going to be getting our place rented out, our house. And uh, the day we listed it, we got like 10 offers. Uh, Two people said, we'll pay you more than what you listed it. So that was what we thought was going to be difficult was actually the easiest thing. And uh, once we moved over here, I decided to uh, basically complete change in my career, go from energy uh, and solar to basically uh, tech. In SaaS, and so I started getting my feet wet with various startups. Most of them based out of Romania, just doing some consulting. And then finally, uh, one of the brands I got referred to was a startup in Australia called Bonjour. I think you're familiar with them. Uh, Casey Hill, you know, I got to connect yep. with him. I got to work with him for a little over a year. And then also on the same sort of like the same realm, uh, OptiMonk also is closely re- related to personalization, but just as, at a bigger scale. And so uh, the owner started reaching out to me, and one conversation led to another, and that came the opportunity to do some really interesting things with OptiMonk, and that's how, that's how I came to be the, uh, the partnerships manager and personalization geek uh, at OptiMonk. <laughs> Uh, but it really, it really, the personalization stuff really started with Bonjuro. So I'm still a big fan of Bonjuro and I still send out personalized videos uh, on a regular basis, Uh, whether that's maybe to potential partners or people that I met, it works wonder. I mean, it's a higher engagement rate, higher open rate than your standard email. And so um, if, if, if and where there's a there's a, an appropriate time for a personal video. I usually send one. So uh, I, I, I can't believe I didn't send one to you. I, I'm sorry about that, George. I feel like I should apologize.
0: <laughs> it's, a, it's all right. I mean, like even for me, though, like I'm glad you said that. And for everybody listening, we have a couple episodes on Bonjoro and then uh, with some of the Bonjoro peeps because I've been using they didn't even know who I was for like three years. And they reached out one day. They're like, who are you and why do so many people sign up for Bonjoro from you? And I'm like, oh yeah, sorry. I've been teaching customer journey for years. And then I made a joke and I was like, why don't I have a pink bear suit? So they had one made for me and sent it to me. And um, and we even talked about the story of the little old ladies in Northern London who made the suits by hand and how they were done. I mean, it was it was incredible. So I love them to pieces and I'm glad that that you were there. And so, yeah, even speaking about that, you know, with personalization, I'd love for you to kind of talk about like, why you think personalization is so important because even in like the video message part i think it's so funny because it's so much easier and faster for me and it just so happens to be the best tactic by just connecting with a human being on all the right levels and so i always laugh when everyone's like oh i can i'm like this is so much faster than me like having to send messages and like type out responses and like i could just hit you with a video and so i would love to hear kind of your thoughts of living both in Bonjour and Optimonk now that are like 100% built on personalization. Like, why do you think that matters? How do you see it? Like, you mentioned some things, but like, what else yeah. do you well, see? Well, first of
1: all, the data, the data, it, the insights clearly tell you that the more personalized that you can be with your visitors, with your audience, the higher the engagement rates, the higher the conversion rates. Here's an example when we were at Bonjoro, Every time a new person, a new user, came on to try the product, we would all take turns sending a video. So hey, John, notice you signed up for Bonjuro. You know, Eric here, we're very excited you came on board. Any questions, please let us know. And then we came up with the idea of, hey, if we, if we were to find out what page they, uh, they, they came to on the website uh, before they actually signed up for a free trial, then why don't we try to customize that message uh, so if it was, you know, a SaaS, a SaaS page blog post, or if it was a, uh, a page around education and universities or a cage or a page around uh, coaches, uh, then we, we actually changed the message on that video. Hey, I noticed that, you know, you're, you're a coach and check out this blog article. We wrote how this coach was able to increase their engagement rates 40% by, by sending a personalized video and inviting people to their community members. Once we made that little tweak, In the message, it was more personalized, Mm -hmm. right? We noticed that there was like a 20% increase Mm -hmm. in engagement and conversion rates because we were able to identify, segment, change the content, change the message that was more appropriate for that visitor for that audience so the data i mean you can ask casey the data the more you can segment the more you can personalize and the higher your engagement and conversion rates are going to be now that's that's it from a statistical standpoint right but what about from a qualitative standpoint yeah qualitative standpoint i mean george it's probably been a long time but remember when you got something in a mail like a handwritten letter that was
0: yeah i still said why do you still send them Because they're personalized and they cut through all the noise. It's an anchor. It's uh, real estate in their life out of a digital ecosystem. It builds an environment and a relationship between me and them that doesn't require them to pursue it with me or me to pursue it with them. It's a personalized touch that anchors in that moment for us that serves as a chapter marker in our life. It's a celebration of the moment. It closes the open loop before the transaction was taking place and anchors in that we're starting a new journey, right? Like, (laughs) I could go to town unless <laughs> it's all I teach and do. But like, it, it, it's 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 that. And you know, what's interesting is like, I, I think you might appreciate this and I, I don't get to geek out with many people like this, right? But the biggest part for me and even the personalization with the data and the qualitative side is that I fall into this because when you're speaking about like, oh, when we said coach or when we said blank, how my default when I go hit record isn't that because I'm speaking the language from the after state. And by adding coach, I'm just translating it into the language for them to hear it to build the bridge between the two, right? And I teach this all the time. And so I'm saying this now for people listening because you are so articulate and it makes it so easy to do this. But what that allows somebody's subconscious to do is to feel safe because they feel seen, even if they don't consciously know it. So what they're thinking and what they're feeling is this person knows me. Oh, they're talking to me. Oh, this must be for me which allows them the invitation to come in. And so, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that, that's yep. why I still send them. Um, and I am notorious. Uh, and I'm, I, I mean, like I have a system and it's, it's pretty remarkable. But yeah, it's, and it's so funny to me because actually I tell people this, but you can go and I can send you to like 10 podcasts of, of very influential people. And if you look in the background, my card is hanging on their wall because I don't send a handwritten card I have an artist graphic hand draw with a picture that's related to them in our conversation with a handwritten card. And so I make it memorable to the moment or the experience, right? Like when somebody, you know, becomes a client or when somebody comes on this podcast, like you'll get one. And it, for me, it's a, a really a moment of gratitude, but it's about the podcast and it's about what you said. It's not something I can automate when we're done. And then I, I work on it like I take the time to be like, hey, I appreciate you sharing this and I appreciate you mentioning your family and being a grounded entrepreneur based on values because I can see that you put your family first. And then, you know, you send a card and it's a genuine thank you. But I always say to people that you will never win on with, but you're guaranteed to win on depth. And I'm like, great. You send a DM, I'll send a video. Oh, you send a card, I'll send a hand-drawn picture. Right. Like I'm just always like, what's one more just because I want it to be. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. I mean, that invitation, you know, I I feel like the value of something that is communicated, the value of it is how it was communicated. Right. And in your example, your. Yes. Yeah.
0: That's your example.
1: It's like, let's say a person got invited to a wedding and there was two weddings on the same day at the same time. One invitation came in the form of an email. And the other, and the other invitation came in a nice, you could tell, custom design letter. The 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 font, the typography, everything was like really really nice. Which which wedding are you going to go to, George? Which wedding, right? Yep. And so, yeah, yeah oh, and that's an easy. easy decision. That's an easy decision. And so. I think with with websites, uh, with brands who realize that and are trying to create a personalized experience, uh, you know, in in this case, I'm talking about the website, right? Historically, that's been hard. That's been hard to do. Uh, But with the data that's available today and even a little bit of creativity, you can really tailor a really nice experience in real time for your audience. And it's You know, as marketers, we've been so focused on trying to give a personalized experience, usually in the form of email marketing or after the post-purchase. Okay? But here's the thing. When the person is most of the time really interested in your brand, service, or product, it's when they first discover it. It's when they first clicked on an ad. It's when they first Mm -hmm. found you through a blog post or through a search link or through a, you know, maybe it was somebody that posted a link about you in a Slack channel or on LinkedIn. That's when they're really curious to learn more about you. But none of that personalization for the most part is taking place in the real time when they get to your website in those next five to 10 minutes. The personalization has been really focused on SMS, email marketing, or post-purchase journey. We're trying to change that. We're trying to say, well... How about focusing on the first five minutes after they first discover you? Here's some ways that you can do that. It doesn't require, you know, a lot of developers, a lot of coding experience, fancy tools. Now, it used to. The big, the big companies that were able to do this, like maybe Netflix and uh, Amazon, of course, those were mega companies that had the staff, they had the resources. But now, because of the advancements in technology, small and mid-sized companies can do this sort of thing uh, at their fingertips. You don't need to have a coding background, mostly a drag and drop interface. If you're just a regular you know, average Joe marketer like me, you can do these sorts of things uh, with the technology that's available to you t- today.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that, that that's the part too, uh, because it used to be, and here's actually what I think happened. It used to be so hard. And like, we used to have to build funnels page by page. Like I remember 2011, right? It's 35 grand for us to build a quote unquote funnel. Right. And now you can launch a 12 part funnel in about 10 minutes with one button and customization. And like Wix came out yesterday and announced that you're going to be able to use their chat GPT prompts, answer a couple questions and it will build you an entire <laughs> website. Right. So what I think is interesting is that when that happened, so many tools came in that everybody got obsessed about all the tools and forgot the pieces that worked so well before the tools existed. And that's what everybody should be focused on. Because when somebody sees you for the first time, that sets the entire context for that relationship, right? That that touch point and that first interaction is like the one that sets the tone. Maya Angela will tell you that all day. and. I do the same thing when I go into companies, they're always like, I want more, I want more, I want more. And I'm like, wait, you can't adopt any more children until you can feed the ones that you have. So first, the ones on the back aren't having a good experience because you were so obsessed on just selling them and not delivering. We create that and then we move into, oh, that same experience is more important for everybody out here to get them in the ecosystem and in the environment and in the vibe and in the culture. For lack of better terms. So it makes it even easier as a transition because they're in a relationship or an ecosystem that matches. And so I love that you said that. And I, I think it's huge. And and I and for everybody listening, this is this is everywhere, right? This is on the website. This is on your socials. This is just understanding that customer journeys are not linear, right? They take place in a series of like systems. And those touch points on the front are the most influential ones in the success of that relationship. And so I love that. I love that. And one of the things that we were talking about before the show is like kind of your fundamentals, like the five fundamentals for like an online experience, irregardless of platform. And I'm really excited to hear these, especially through the lens of like e-commerce and that side. And so I'm ready to, I'm ready to go to class, Mr. (laughs) Personalization geek, right? Like let take me, take take me to to church. church.
1: Well, Okay. Okay. Let me give you a few different examples right here. And, you know, these are not set in stone, like you must have these five experiences. But what I what I do believe is that there's been some brands that have been able to grow by implementing certain strategies that I'm going to share with you. One of the brands uh, is Avi. They are a protein powder, been around a little bit more than three years, initially bootstrapped with about $10,000 when they came out. Now they're I think the brand is worth almost four million dollars three years later, Uh, but they're competing in a very saturated and competitive marketplace. Protein powder, protein powder,
0: very, very. And how how do you spell that brand name so everybody can look it up?
1: Obvi.
0: Obvi. Okay, obvi. Oh, like obviously, obvi. Okay, (laughs) got it. So
1: the CEO, Ronak Shah. Right, and I think I'm pronouncing his, his name right, Renagsha. I was watching an interview, and somebody was asking him, like, "Hey, what were some of the key things that helped you to uh, to scale and grow profitably?" Because uh, people noticed that they were doing a lot of advertising on Facebook, and that was one of the main vehicles for growth. And as you know, it's become harder and harder to be profitable if your uh you know your main advertising channel is on Facebook because of the iOS 14 updates and the changes and, and the cookie tracking and all, all the things related to that. But what they did is that they were able to align the copy on the landing page to the Facebook ad. Now, George, this is, this is nothing magical here. We used to create dozens of nope. different landing pages and tie them to the ads that we ran. There's tools out there. I think Unbounce was one of the tools I remember using in the past, and I, I'd yep. create these multiple landing pages. Yep. But technology today is that you can just have one landing page, and then based on the UTM parameters, you can have the title or the headline of that landing page match the headline that you use in the copy. So one of their value propositions was regrow healthy hair fast, and if you clicked on that, uh, you got to the landing page, and uh, the headline would either match that or be very, something very, very similar. Like, uh, are you tired of balding spots or something like that? But anyway, it was, it was aligned with the ad. And Mm -hmm. so if there was another ad that you clicked on and maybe the value proposition was, uh, best tasting collagen protein. And then you got to the landing page, the headline mimicked what you clicked on in the ad. And so they were able to do that very easily, very quickly without a lot of manpower and they were able to test and run dozens of different Facebook ads to find which ones converted the the best, had the most efficient, you know, return on ad spend. And that was one of the strategies that I think all brands could take advantage of today is especially if you're trying different ads, different creatives that have different copy is uh, making sure that the landing page is aligned with, with the ad that you're running and with the platform uh, like OptiMonk. And I'm sure there's other platforms out there. You can do this now. So I think that's one example.
0: Yeah. And, And I want to hit on what you said so much because you you said it, you're like, this isn't magic. No, 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 no. It's the simple required principle to give you a chance of success, right? Because for everybody listening, consistency and congruency is understanding that they're taking it on a journey. And so if somebody sees a Facebook ad and they're promised an experience or something is said and they click on it and the next step doesn't match that experience or continue it, it actually doesn't move them closer it puts a wall up and when we talk about reactants from the catalyst that's reactants because they're clicking on the ad because something in their life isn't working they want to change something they want to do something and so they get excited they click and then the first step after doesn't match and they're now further away and you lose them that's what i mean when i say consistency and congruency for people listening and now by the way I've never seen this brand, but like I have so many kudos for this brand already. So everybody listening, the website is myobvi, like my obviously, myobvi.com. And it's a collagen protein. And even the name is embedded into the headlines and the headlines on the landing pages because I went and found an <laughs> ad when you were talking and it was talking about how it was the obvious choice for regrowing hair naturally and healthily and beauty from like the inside out. And then you get on the page and it's obviously, and it's like the obvious blank and it's a continuation. And so for people listening, like when you say this, before you even get into the tools, it's just understanding that your job, when you think about taking somebody on a journey is to meet them as close to where they are as possible, right? And to get them a bite. But then that is bite one of the meal. The next bite has to match and be from the same plate. And then the next bite, has to match that right so when you get to those landing pages i bet you most of them are landing pages focused on one product so that product can take you down that journey and then once you buy that product and then you're indoctrinated in and you're using that product you're introduced to the other ones but then there's also other ads that i'm guaranteeing they run that are like hey do you know what the most obvious choice is to help with blank blank blank, and then that will go to a page that's like, here's how you find it. Is it your hair? Is it your skin? Or is yeah. it your nails? Right. And so I think it's so important. And so it is the subtle things. And so I love that because that consistency and congruency, they even have it built in at the brand level, like in the brand yep. name all the way down. So that's I love yeah, that. yeah. I love that. Number two, What's number two, number
1: two, uh, another interesting brand, blindjet. Ever heard of blindjet, George? They 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 make these portable mm-hmm, blenders. Mm-hmm. Yep. Founded yep. in 2018 by Ryan Pamplin. And uh he had gotten into an accident, was mostly bedridden, and uh he couldn't eat solid foods, he can only eat liquid foods, wasn't satisfied with the different blenders that his family and friends were using to uh to make him food. So he got the idea of this portable, very uh very uh powerful blender, and he named it blendjet easy to charge. Um, you know, very slick design. Now I I think they sew a blend jet one for every every three seconds. I think one sewed. So. so massive success. Yeah, Jeez. massive success. I think they've been, or they were on the Ellen DeGeneres show when that show was still running, but they're very popular now, and uh they sell them all over the world. But anyway, I was watching an interview with Ryan, and uh one of the things that he said they focus on. Uh, very early on was increasing the average order value. And what's something that mm-hmm. I think most brands don't do and they should definitely take advantage of is the fact that people do not like to pay for shipping. okay? People, if they find out, oh wow, I got to pay for shipping, you know that's a that's an abandoned cart right there in most cases. And so what they did is uh, they used the platform and they were able to, Easily implement this little, you know, this little tactic where let's say it was free shipping if you spent $50 or more, but the blender only cost something like $25 or maybe $29. But if you put that in the cart, then automatically there would be like this horizontal little bar with like a little message that said, oh, you know, free shipping if you spend $21 more or something like that, right? Versus, if you pay nineteen dollars yep. for shipping, yep. it's like, okay, why am I going to do that? Yep. So that was a pretty, you know, simple choice to make. Yeah. And they were able to really increase, you know, their average order size, you know, from like twenty nine dollars all the way up to almost sixty dollars. Uh, became very, very profitable for them. Yeah. And it makes the consumer happy because now they're getting free shipping. And so it's a win win for both both brands and, and the consumer.
0: I want to do so many podcasts with you just about data. This is so fun <laughs> for me because everything you're talking about is like the best CRO stuff. And then I'm like, oh yeah. And here's the psychology as to why this works so well as well. Because that one for me, like across the board, um, across the board, like when it comes to customer journey, all the companies that I work in, like CRO or conversion rate optimization is a big focus that we obviously are always working on, right? And that, that little one for us, like three years ago at every single company, was the biggest one. So for everybody listening, I also want to give some weight to what Eric said. But when it comes to why people don't want to pay for shipping and why that change matters so much, instead of saying, hey, if you pay more, you get this. It shows them the perceived benefit that they have the ability to choose. Right. It's showing them what they can choose, but it's not like forcing it. So, you know, when we talk about customer journey, when we talk about marketing, like I said earlier, A lot of the times we get stuck because we can't translate what's happening, right? But a human being, and just for statistically, requires a perceived benefit of 3.1 times greater than their current situation to make a change, right? And so if you tell somebody, oh, when you spend X more, you'll get free shipping, there's no perceived benefit in that for them. That's another investment on their part and another tilt. But when you can show that like, oh... When you add this, you'll qualify for this and it will save you this. You're saying the same exact thing. The only difference is in their seat. They can understand how that benefit is going to benefit them rather than invest in something else just by simply how we show it. So I think that's huge for everybody. And, um, you know, when we talk about and everybody as well, when we talk about increasing AOV for those unaware, that's average order value, right? Specifically massively important for companies that are running paid media because that is your acquisition cost money. And the faster you can make that back on acquiring that customer, you are profitable in the back end of the business. But the same principles are equally as important if you're not running paid media because they're the things that build the foundation to when you yeah. want to or, or in the position to that will allow you to effectively without leaking all of your money out of the bucket. But when it comes to increasing AOV, it's not by adding upsells. It's not by increasing something they don't need. It's by giving them either a more perceived value, more perceived benefit, or more or better of what they're already getting through a lens that supports them in wanting to do it. So there's the psychology piece on that <laughs> one that I just had to add.
1: No, no, it's it's perfect.
0: I'm over. I'm over here. Like literally, this is so fun for me. I'm over here as you're speaking. I'm going to all these funnels when you're listening, and I was like, "Oh my god, I need that blender. That's incredible." I forgot about that, but the the lessons are so powerful. Okay, so, what's next the next one? one? Uh,
1: there's this Richie Rawat. I think that's his name. He is a CRO specialist. Uh, he's on LinkedIn as the Shopify uh, product page guy, and uh, we worked with him. And I, I liked what he said because he really focuses on the product page. And if you ask him why, and he says, "Well, that's the closest page that somebody has, or it's the closest page to the checkout page, to the checkout experience." And so, if you're going to give, if yeah. you're going to try to get the biggest impact, if you're doing CRO, uh, he focuses there on the product page. But to go even deeper, he has this philosophy that says, "Don't worry about." your entire all visitors just worry about 16%, the 16%. That's what he calls him. And he says for every brand you have about three or 4% of people who are ready to buy, but then about 80% are just not ready to buy, but there's probably around 16%, 16 that are on the fence. And he really hones in on trying to get that 16% to nudge them over the fence. And so we worked with him on this one brand and, um, What he really focused on was A-B testing different elements on your product page. So for example, you know, showing a customer testimonial, uh, you know, before the price or the before the ad now or, you know, add to cart button and uh, or not having our customer testimonial, right? Or having like a little uh, question mark balloon that says more info. And if somebody clicked on that, like a little balloon window would pop up and it had more details about the product. Right, um, or just having you know another product image on their product page, you know, like a video or something that showed somebody using it, and so we had all these like different strategies on how you can A/B test different elements of the product page, and I I was really uh, I was really you know I, I guess mesmerized that this person he's not focused on the homepage, he's not focused on every visitor, you know, he's not even focused on you know ads or, you know, Instagram or anything else, he is just specifically focused on the product page and trying to nudge all those people that are undecided to get them over the fence. And, uh, I talked to another CRO yep. expert, same thing. I asked him, when you do a CRO audit, what do you focus yep. on first product page? And so that other expert yep. validated that yep. guy's approach, that guy's mentality and, uh, that's the other thing. It's not, it's not so much like, Hey, here's a strategic thing you need to do, but maybe it is, you know, maybe it is. It,
0: it is. And I'm going to, I'm going to speak to it because it's huge. So like, here, here's the thing. I, this is why I created models because of this, right? So one of my famous taglines is my job is not to find our ideal customer. It's to create them because I know off the bat, the moment I have a product that solves a problem, that top five, like three to 5% of me's, the controllers in the world, will buy it immediately and the PDP just gets in the way. That's all it does. That's all it does. And in the model that I made, for those listening, this is the four paths to the peer model, apply to an e-commerce business. And you know this better than anybody. When somebody hits a page, there's only four things they can do. They can bounce, they can learn more, they can opt in, or they can buy, Right. So my job is to just have a bridge from each of those steps to the next step. So when we go into a company and I'm doing customer journey, I start by auditing all the fulfillment sequences of the top three SKUs so I know what's happening, what they're selling, all the benefits, and we rebuild those. And then we take that languaging and go to the PDP for all the people that didn't get in for that page to have its only job move those people in. And then the last thing I build is the homepage. And if you go look at my homepage, everybody will notice there's only four things you can do. You can leave, you can learn more about each topic, you can exchange some information for the podcast or Instagram, and then you can get courses. So on e-commerce companies, everything on the homepage is designed for the steps to get to the PDP, but that solves the problem that didn't get them to convert on the PDP. And so, yes, everybody, listen to this, understand this. And for those of you that are like hearing CRO and like, oh, I don't know CRO or I don't know this or I don't have an e-commerce platform, you still think about that lens through the experiences that your customers or potential customers are hitting anywhere on an opt-in page, right? Like if you're giving them to exchange your their email in exchange for something of value, the people that are your devout ones are going to hit that page and opt in and go. Your job is to find those people that are missing the one to 10 touch points for safety and pre handle those and give them the pieces to allow them to feel confident. Right. And so it is something to think about because I'll give everybody an example. When we were at vital and we were scaling vital up into the billion range, we had to get so granular that we had to start testing people's facial expressions on the PDP page and photos and the lights and the colors. And we realized that every time we put somebody with like a neutral face or their full face, at least one eye or part of their mouth wasn't seeing the camera, conversions went down. And so we had to make it so every single image that had a person had at least a smile, even if mouth wasn't open, there had to be an eyeball like in the photo. So we couldn't have any backs. We couldn't have anything. So even if there was like one woman looking and another woman to the side who you couldn't see her face, it wouldn't convert as well as you being able to see like a side profile of both of their faces. And it was really, really interesting. But it was because we became obsessed with like, okay, what's going to make these people feel the best? What's going to have them hit this page? and realize that if they already wanted to buy, they already would have added it to their cart, right? That page is not there for those people. So what evidence do they need, right? And so this is something for everybody that you should be thinking about on any page that you're sending people to or any place that you're trying to get somebody in. So I'm, I'm, I'm all <laughs> kudos for that one too. So like keep taking okay. me to church.
1: Good, okay, one more example here. Um, this cool brand called Indestructible Shoes. And I went down the rabbit hole on their mm-hmm. YouTube videos and they've got all these. I Are you see, you know, know what I'm talking videos. about.
0: I love their YouTube videos. I know exactly. Okay, what okay. I own a pair. I mean. And I only own a pair because of their YouTube videos. I have not worn them at all, but I had to buy them because yeah, they got Yeah. Them. I
1: mean, my favorite one uh, was of the person like taking like this chainsaw and trying to cut through it. Um, but there was a lot of other ones. I think a guy was like ran over by a Jeep, uh, while wearing the shoe. It, it's just so, it, it's just so funny. And I, I what, do you have like a, a high top or low top? Like what kind of style do you have?
0: I got the low tops. I got the low tops. Cause like, I don't wear high tops, but like, I think it was one of the ones with the chainsaw. I'm like, whatever. Like you got me, like I'll get them. And I, I, I have a ranch in Montana. Right. So like, I'm like, I'll wear these <laughs> things eventually. But yeah. Yeah.
1: So, but anyway, they had, they had a a problem with a high cart abandonment rate. And, uh, if your cart abandonment rate, depending on who you ask, generally, if it's greater than like 68%, then that's pretty high. I mean, if it's below 65%, Mm -hmm. you know, that's kind of normal. If you've got it below 60%, you're, you're doing okay. Right. But they had a really high cart abandonment rate and they feel victim to doing what a lot of other brands do. And and that is showing at a pop-up. That says, you know, before you leave, would you like a 10% off, you know, coupon, right? Now, what we advise was, hey, wait a minute. Instead of trying to just, you know, give out a coupon, which is going to eat into your margins, right? To try to save that
0: person. Why not try? I gave an entire keynote (laughs) just on this topic, by the way. So we're about to riff after this. So Why not try
1: something else? Why not just try showing them uh, depending on, you know, what pages they looked at or didn't look at. For example, uh, if they, if they didn't have anything in their cart and they were trying to leave, you could say, Oh, wait, you know, wait a second. Would you like to see, you know, this month's, uh, top trending, you know, shoes or most popular items, you know, um, or if they did have something in the cart, uh, you could just show, you know, a little pop-up that just says, Oh, wait a minute. You know, would you like to see our other popular items, you know, this month? Right. And that instead of saying this month, With smart tags and the technology available today, you could say, would you like to see July's best-selling shoes? And that could automatically populate every month without having to do anything um, manually. And so they tried that, and it turns out that they were able to save a lot of abandoned cart uh, shoppers get people back into the buying stage yep. and make a conversion without eating into their margin. And I think that's something that a lot of brands should try. But unfortunately, you know, most marketers have been uh, trained to like, wait a minute, you know, give the 10% coupon off because it works. It does work. It saves a little bit of people. It, it saves some uh,
0: well it doesn't though short
1: term, you're trading in long term, you're trading in long term customer lifetime value Thank you. for a short-term quick sale. That's that's what's happening. Yep. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's another That's why that's why I'm like I'm like, you know this with data. Like I, I, I preach this so bad because the other part that you didn't say, and I'm like, let's also talk about the psychological component that goes through their head the moment they get a coupon when they abandon, and they're like, Well, why was I paying full price in the first place? Right. And then even before it conditions a discount paradigm, and then you wonder why retention goes through the floor and dissipates because what people listening don't realize is that when you sacrifice the long-term gain for that short-term gain, you're also sacrificing the relationship with that customer over the long term. And eventually those people run out and there's no one on the back to keep the ship afloat because everything turned into discount transactional and there. And so With this, uh, I've talked about this. You'll appreciate this. But this whole thing of like, my job is to create my ideal customer, right? You just hit this. And one of the things that I say is, my other job is to turn nos to neutrals and neutrals to yeses. Because what I understand is that the moment they got that abandonment, they got that card abandonment or that browse abandonment, they already did not have enough evidence to make a decision. So any convincing that I do is going to create more reactants in their body, chapter on reactants in the catalyst again, unless I can turn that no at least back to neutral. And when I get it back to neutral, it allows them to be open into their journey again to get what other evidence that they need. And so for those of you listening, you're like, oh, well, that would make sense to show them the other shoes. One of the things that we've done as well is knowing they were interested in indestructible shoes, what I would have done has been like, Hey, do you want to see our CEO trying to cut his <laughs> leg in half or a shoe in half? Right. And then just pop that video yeah. up. Right. Or Ben and you have, you know, three pillar articles on like the benefits or boom or safety hazards, boom. And then you allow them to choose their way back in, but you'll appreciate this one because at, at vital, once again, uh, this is probably my biggest win that I've ever had. Cause we recovered like 46% of the cart. Um, But I knew that when they added collagen and they left, they weren't going to buy it and a discount wasn't going to help. But I knew they wanted healthier hair, skin and nails. So instead of sending them a, hey, you forgot something, I sent them a, hey, we fucked up, but since you wanted healthier hair, skin and nails, here's our 30-day guide to getting it naturally, whether you use our product or not. And then I took them through diet, exercise, and then I gave them recipes that linked and said, if you want an additional 14 grams of protein and blank, here's a link and a coupon only if you want to use it. And so the first email said, hey, uh, the subject line, I'll never forget it. Um, (laughs) You didn't forget anything. I failed. And then in the intro, I said, I'm not going to disrespect you, insult your intelligence. You're getting this email, not because I did good, but because I didn't. And something stopped you from buying my product. And I'm not interested in discounting it. I'm interested in helping you achieve the benefit, whether you get it or not. So here's my 30-day guide to producing collagen naturally, boom, boom, boom. Day two, I went and called out a specific recipe, but I asked them an open-ended question. And I said, hey, I bribed you. That was my subject line. I bribed you. And I said, I have to be honest. I sent you that email yesterday because I do need something from you, but you're not going to expect this. I need you to reply to this email and tell me verbatim why you didn't buy. My branding sucked. I was mean. It didn't match. I'm like, the more ruthless you are, the better, because we're going to help you with collagen and that anyways with that guide. But I wanted to give it to you so you could give me your opinion. And people responded and we got thousands of responses. So then the third email was said, I wouldn't have bought either. And it was an FAQ about the product. Question, solution, question, solution. Now, mind you, the only thing that was in those emails was a link at the bottom back to Shopify. Nothing clickable. Like it was just one clickable. It was just embedded in there, but the rest was about the content. And then on that third email, I said, this is the last email you're going to get about collagen. I appreciated all of your answers, but I only felt an integrity if I could handle them. And then we took all of that info and updated the PDP with the FAQ. And then the fourth email was a, Hey, I want to support you. Here's a link to our Facebook group and how to keep us accountable with you on your journey. Tag us on Instagram here, come join our group here and let us know if our team can support you with your college and habit, right. With the behaviors we gave. And that's what we used for card abandonment. That was the whole thing. I designed the whole thing. And, uh, yeah, we recovered like 48% of that card and it was insane. And all it was is that I knew that when they got to the cart, they wanted something that collagen had. They wanted a benefit, but getting a woman to add powder from the raw hide of a cow that she's never heard of before is not really like the most exciting perceived benefit. And so as they started to anchor in like, oh, I can do it this way. I can do it this way. I can do it this way. <laughs> that created the evidence for them to buy. And that was from exactly what you're talking about right now. That's one of the core things I do in everything that I do is that I understand that when somebody says no, it means no right now, but before I can get them to a yes, I have to get them to neutral and then find the next piece for them that will get them that win. So people have heard me talk about that story, but not fully in depth, but for those wondering, that's why I did that and I continue to do that. And that's one of the premises and tying them together. So I I figured you might enjoy that. that.
1: And I just wanna emphasize the, the power of the right subject lines, the right wording. Uh, because you didn't use like corporate like boring subject lines in those emails, nope. each one emails one and two were subject lines that I don't think I've ever nope. seen. But they caught my they definitely caught my attention yep. as you mentioned them, and I would have I would have opened the email. I, I definitely yep. would have opened the email. Yep. Once I opened it, the message that you 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 said it still captured my attention. I would have continued reading and I would have been intrigued and probably taken the desired course of action that you were trying to get people to take. Hence, the high, uh, would you say 40 something percent? Uh, ret-
0: 49, 49%. So so like uh, annualized that year, it was like worth like $11 yeah. million. And, and, and then not to mention, by the way, the other benefit that you'll appreciate is that because of that, our retention and LTV both also went up because they didn't come in on a coupon and they were averaging a three and a half month retention. And so when we added that in and we changed the behaviors and then collagen became a want versus a need, and there was already an established habit because that ebook was giving them behaviors and benefits with their sleep and their movement and their water that would help their body produce collagen. And I was anchoring in collagen that they continued to have the behavior already. So when they made the decision and the collagen came, they just added it to their coffee because they were already in routine. So they were already basically had become our customer and then they were missing that piece. And the other part too, by the way, and you said this, the whole point of my subject line is to get your attention, but then to be integrous and tell you why. But I also knew that 85 at the time, percent of people that downloaded an ebook never opened it. So I gave them the ebook, and on the second email, I called out a specific recipe and said page 14 because it will take less than three minutes and you most likely have all of these ingredients in your house already. But if you do nothing more, just go look at page 13 and print it or save it because you will thank me. I didn't want it in their downloads folder. What's so crazy is on that second day, our click-through rate was 70% to the same ebook that I gave them on day one. And so even if they downloaded it and opened it, they downloaded it again, and then this time I know they opened it because the Zygarnik effect was driving them nuts because they didn't know what that recipe was on page 13 that was so good. And so by adding the specificity and by acknowledging them and saying, hey, I let you down, I'm not trying to sell you, it got them back to neutral, and then they were able to come in, and then the second day got them into a yes, and most likely using or supporting that recipe yeah. and opening That's book.
1: That's brilliant. And it's so true. We download ebooks all the time, and we're like, we'll get to that later. And we never do.
0: <laughs> never do. Never do. We never do. I could do an entire podcast on this with you of like how I use ebooks and customer journeys to make sure that never happens too, but we'll keep yeah. that one for all. Yeah. The books.
1: That is fascinating. Very, very fascinating. Okay.
0: But yeah, so so I wanted to share that one with you just because, like, you live in this world, right? And I don't speak, I don't get into data like you do. So for everybody listening, like, the Erics of the world are my best friends because they can give validity to what I do because I'm not a data guy. Like, I'm a people guy. Like, I just want to move people forward. And so... These examples, I feel like you're going to have 18,000 ideas that I'm excited to hear from you because you have all the data. And I'm like, oh, my God, there's so much more we can do. So this this is like yeah, really well, fun for me. Okay, so give me the okay. next one.
1: Um, all right. So la-
0: or you can no, riff on no, the no. previous one, whatever you want. La- last this is, this-
1: one here, uh, I'll touch on one of my favorite things. Uh, it's called zero party data. And... For those who don't know Zero yep. Party Data, I just like to think of it as getting information from directly from the, the visitor, the person that's the on your horse. website, right? You ask the a question,
0: yep.
1: you know, uh, what's your favorite color? They tell you blue. Now you know something about them. And you can use that information to basically try to personalize that experience, right? Here's a very simple example on how uh, an e-commerce store can take advantage of this. Let's say it's Mother's Day. They get a lot of traffic. Uh, before Mother's Day and they know a lot of those people are first-time visitors that are probably just looking for a gift to buy and uh, they could simply just have a little pop-up mm-hmm. that ask a question uh, hi are you shopping for yourself or uh, for somebody else uh, you know uh, this this season or, or right now and if they say we're shopping for somebody else then they could say fantastic let me take you to the part of the website. Uh, where you'll see our most giftable products this season. I like to call this the holding your hand because when you go inside a, let's say you go inside H&M, Zara or a retail store and there's a live person that asks you, hi, how are you doing today? How can I help you? And if you tell that person, oh, I'm interested in looking at pants, they'll probably say, oh, fantastic. Come follow me. I'll show you where you can find them, right? You can do that on your website. You know, if you're a health and wellness website, maybe you sell like three core products uh products on how to like sleep better how to gain muscle uh or maybe how to lose weight you can ask that up in the very beginning if you don't know anything about that person at all and just say hey we want to make this uh, a very Mm -hmm. uh, enjoyable visit for you can you tell us what you're primarily interested in have those three selections once they select you can say fantastic here's our most popular content or blog articles around you know sleeping better and by the way, here's our most popular products uh, You know, on, on how to sleep better or whatever. And so you basically reduce the amount yep. of time that they would have been spent trying to navigate around your website to find out what is important to them. And you can take care of that by just asking a simple question at the very beginning. It's a very micro engagement question. Now you know something about them. And you can actually take that information if they end up becoming a customer or subscribing to your email email list, and you can basically tag them with that information, funnel that information into a CRM or email platform that you're using. Maybe it's Klaviyo or ActiveCampaign. And if you have different segments with different automation flows or whatever, you know, know how to market to that person because you know what they're interested in now. So I think that's uh, another easy example that you can do with the technology available today. And it's one of my favorites because you can have a lot of fun with that.
0: I love it. So a couple points. So zero point data for everybody, that personalization point and that example I just gave on uh, Vital Proteins and that card abandonment, that's what email two was for me, is I wanted directly from the horse's mouth in their language why they didn't buy. So for everybody listening, zero point data, you can collect it in a lot of different ways. And you allow yourself to collect it to then personalize it. And with tools like OptiMonk, like yours, right, when you're doing this via email, or you're using tools or, or anything that you're using, it's not that you need to use it all, it's that when you can collect it, it helps paint a better picture and allows for personalization to be used across the board, right? And so um, for those listening, you've seen this if you've ever DM'd me, because I don't want you to go to my website. You'll notice it's almost impossible for you to give me your email because I don't want it. I don't need it yet. I want you to have a reason. So like, for example, you'll understand this, right? Like people want, in my world, either mindset, customer journey, or like relationships. And so in having those stepping points, I have like five resources that don't give me your email. They're a Google doc. And then they deliver all the value and the resources in each bucket. So I'll go on podcasts and I do this manually still. And I'm like, and listen, like these are the things I can help you with. But I want to make it easy for you. So if you want this, just shoot me the word mindset. And if you want this, just shoot me the word customer journey. And I don't automate this. I don't use many chat. I do this manually because then the first thing I do when they DM me is I send them a video, and I acknowledge them for sending me the video and why they're asking me for, and then I'm going to give it to them. And I do my five steps that I teach everybody. But then on my phone. I have at one, at two, at three, and they're pre-populated messages of everything with those five resources. And my team has all the same ones. So the moment they tell me like, oh, it's mindset. I'm like, oh, well, here's my top 10 podcasts on mindset with what's covered and how it will help you and the book recommendations in this Google document. There's no point in you subscribing to the show or listening beyond these, if these don't help. So I want you to take these, listen to these and then let us know. And so even that you can do it manually as well for people listening. And another example, because this will rig some people when I ran civilized caveman, cause I had a massive food blog and we had like 7 million visitors a month at its peak. And, um, I was like the king of easy recipes. So when I would send out a recipe and this was back like 2014 when I could barely tag anybody in ConvertKit, right? Like this was manual work back then. But when I would send you a recipe, I would write the whole recipe email. And then at the bottom, they would all link to the same place. But I would say, hey, I made this so it's easier for you to make. So if you're cooking for a family of two, click here four click here, six click here. And all I had done on the recipe page was pre did the recipe size. They all went to the same place. But the moment they clicked, I was like two people, four people, six people. And so then that was also a crockpot chicken recipe. So I would tag them crockpot and chicken. And then this is what's funny. I only had like 1800 people on my email list, but I went and made a crockpot for chicken ebook, a crockpot for beef ebook, And then I made a version for serving sizes. And so then I made it for seven dollars. I put it up on Amazon and I only sent an email to those single moms who led Crock-Pot Chicken. And I converted like 80 percent of the list and all six of them hit number one each time I did it because it was personalized. And I learned that from one of my mentors back in the day, Andre Chaperone, who created the autoresponder, right, who's now a friend of mine. and. I didn't use them all the time, but then people would be like, how do you know you're talking to me? And I'm like, well, I know how many crockpot recipes, how many beef recipes. And I could look in my CRM and be like, dude, this person is a sugar addict because every tag in their profile was just the dessert (laughs) stuff. So then I would like write dessert emails. Right. And so, you know, for people listening, you know, for those that are running e-commerce platforms, like, and by the way, and I just want to say this, um, I'm not, affiliated with Optimunk whatsoever, but I use their tool in a lot of our companies, right? So if you're on an e-commerce platform, anyone, you woo, it integrates with Active, Clavio, they have it all listed out. You understand this and use this zero point data in that ecosystem to help personalize that experience, but also take the same principles and apply them to everywhere where you're not automating it yet. How can you add that level of personalization to an Instagram message or to an email that you send out or to a video that you make, right? It's about thinking about this because your message, as we said earlier, is only as effective as their ability to hear it. And the zero point data is all the copywriting you ever need. It's their words. It's their language. It's their preferences. And so if you can utilize that anywhere... It will enhance your experience. And I think it's a super, super important concept uh, for everybody. And and even for those like website owners, you've seen this. You'll go to the top of a website and it'll be like, what are you interested? You know, protein blank or blank. And when you click on it, it will hyperlink or open up whatever you chose. And it's allowing you to choose your adventure and choose your journey. And so the more personalized you can do that, the better it's going to be for everybody. So with the tools, do it. But also with your thinking, do it. Because that's what's going to make sure that they have that experience. And the last thing I want to say, because you said this, and I've said this for years and very few people understand it. I think one of the biggest casualties that's happened because of digital marketing and our ability to have this must connection is people think that the online ecosystem is different than the in-person ecosystem. When it's just an extension of it with faster touch points, but needs to be treated the same. And the number one metaphor I use is a brick and mortar store for every single customer journey. And I'm like, imagine how you would feel if you walked into Nike and said, I want pants, and they stood there with a blank look on their face and didn't respond, because that's what we do online. And then you're like, oh yeah, they're back there. And you send them into a 40,000 square foot store and get upset that they walk out without pants, knowing that the easiest way is to grab them by the hand, And walk them all the way to where they need to go to a personalization point, leading them to water, knowing that they have to drink it. But that is removing all of the friction and all of the objections that would make them stop pursuing it. And what everybody has to understand is that if you give somebody a back door, they will take it because they require a 3.1x perceived benefit to be able to go. And so when there's miscommunication, when it's not personalized, for them, if they're not feeling safe, if they're not feeling seen or understood, if it's not personalized, it's going to move them further away. And then you're going to get frustrated as to why they can't convert. And very rarely, and I will say this across the board, and I've done this with thousands of companies, 99% of the time, it's never content. It's always the context of that journey that gets in the way. right? And the more you can understand in all of these five principles, the faster you're going to win. So I'm like, I'm like, I feel so good right now listening to that. I'm like, I'm fired up about all this right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm
1: happy. I'm happy, oh, like George. <laughs> those are
0: incredible. Well, no, and I, and I do, and 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 like for me, I want to give some kudos too, because for people listening, like I started building and doing this in 2009, right? Like I couldn't get personalization and changed headlines. I remember every tool that came out, every one that we tried. The personalized landing yeah. pages, the first conversation-based page, the first time we could change a headline, then when we could do it in Google. Like I've been through all of them and the fact that I can click on now and literally do it in yeah. like a matter of minutes blows my mind. And then you take things like Bonjouro and you add those to the pages and you're like holy shit. I just get a personalized page and there's a video of George talking about what's on this page, inviting me in that experience is what creates the moment that allows them to come in. And so I, I like kudos, man, like this is, I love this. This is yeah, incredible. No, stuff. We're,
1: we're pretty excited. We're really excited coming down the pipeline. We are investing a lot more in AI. Uh, we're trying to basically do a lot of the work for our customers because, It does take a little bit of time and a little bit of effort to implement these uh, experiments or these campaigns. But the more that we can do for you automatically, the better it is it's going to be for you. We've already got a new uh, AI headline tester. So if there was headlines on different pages on your website that you wanted to test, you can just use our little AI uh, tester tool. And it will recommend like five different headlines that you can test. And if you want, you can set it to run automatically and it'll run different headlines automatically until a winner's been found. And then it'll switch another one in to automatically test and continually testing to find out which one has the highest conversion rate. And it'll just do that for you without you having to do uh, any work uh, on your end. And so we're trying to find more things that we can do that. uh, And that way, more people, more brands have the power to not just increase their sales, but to really deliver, you know, a better customer experience for the people that are coming to their website and their
0: audience. Which as a byproduct is guaranteed to increase your sales. And and I say this all the time and I'm like, somebody name me a billion dollar company without a community and a pool of people that have never bought, but still feel supported by the brand. Right. Because what a lot of people don't understand is that scale comes from people that haven't bought, but how they feel about the brand. Because 80% of our social media followers, our comments, our sharers, are never people that bought the brand. But it's because they had a positive experience with the brand when they didn't buy. And 93% of marketing is word of mouth as of 2023. And the average consumer gives 8 to 10 brand recommendations or non-recommendations in a 60-second conversation. So for those listening, like this is important. When you play the long game on the relationship, you win the short game by default. And if you can't hear from Eric on this call and on this podcast that like not once did we talk about changing the product, not once did we talk about changing what was inside the box. The entire time was focused on changing the wrapping paper and chunking it down so people could understand what was in the box and get it in the first place. And so understand that when it comes to customer journey, when it comes to conversions, When you have a product, when you have a service, when you have an offer that works, you've already won that part of the game. But now that it's on your menu, the rest of your life is focused on making sure that other people can get into it. They understand what you're saying. You're advertising it correctly. You're personalizing it to literally be the person at the mall handing out the teriyaki chicken sample. And then once they bite it, walking them (laughs) all the way to the counter getting them in and then fulfilling on what's there. And, and I think it, it forces focus on what really, really matters, right? Which is getting out of the way of all the things behind the scenes that used to overwhelm us to allow us to be in that personalization and in that customization and in the relationships with these people that are going to give us the zero point data that are going to tell us what they need and need more of that when we personalize are going to get the results and buy the products but then also bring other people in. And so for those listening to this, this doesn't matter whether you have a product or not, you have a brand or not, these principles, and and Eric spoke with data, right? He's, He's at a company that I know and was at another company I know, and I know they're obsessive with data and customer experience. And this is all from massive, like qualitative and quantitative data. But these principles apply across the board right? Knowing where to spend your time and making sure you're spending it in the place where your customer is going to benefit, right? Putting your time into the things that are going to help them, connecting with them so you can get that zero point data, asking how you can personalize things at every level, ensuring that there's consistency and congruency across the board, right? Even if you're not running paid media, YouTube would be an example. If you make a YouTube thumbnail, the only purpose of that thumbnail is to be a billboard that stops and gets their attention with the text that's on it. And the attention is to lead to the title. And the title should be the next line of the story. And then that job is, should be to get them to open the video. And the first 30 seconds should match that story and tell them now that they know that, here's what they're going to get in the video, right? That's every customer journey. He gave examples like myavi.com, that protein. I went and I clicked. I will be buying some, right? Right. And you, you can see how this applies and just realize that when you focus your time on the right things, which is everything to do with your customer and that journey, that's where the rubber meets the road, right? It's obsessing about those things so that they can get the results. They can use the products. They can have the experience because they turn into your biggest advocates. They also are your best data. They also tell you what they need next. They'll tell you what products you need next, right? So the, the implications that come after this, like the, the waterfall of positivity, is huge for every single company. So yeah, I uh, I learned a lot, had a lot of reminders, had a lot of like, oh, yep, got to remember that. Oh, yep, that's great. Like it, it, it's really, really powerful. And and I, and I loved it, man. So uh, thank you so much. Are there any, any other big things on your brain? Any open loops? Anything no, you want to do to the plane? I think that's a very
1: good summary of everything that we discussed. Uh, if you're curious to learn more about OptiMonk, you can just go to our website. We've got a pretty cool... Uh, tactical library um, and you can check out all the various personalization tactics and strategies that you can implement and it shows you like step-by-step instructions on how to implement those uh, utilizing our tool and if you want to connect with me I am active on LinkedIn you can just find me under Eric melcor
0: and that's uh, for everybody listening it's E-R-I-C and then M-E-L-C-H-O-R correct, correct. Yep. Eric melcor Okay, and then opt-in Monk. it's, uh, it's, it's, it's optimonk, yeah. right? O-F-T-I, O-P-T-I, O-P-T-I, and correct. then monk.com. One, One,
1: yeah.
0: One word. I don't know what word I just tried to make up a minute ago. Um, and, and, and here's the thing for everybody listening. Something on today's podcast triggered a thought in your brain. You're like, I can personalize that. I can add that. I can try that. The most important thing for me is that whatever that was, you go try it and you go use it. And so go to the website, go look in the tactical library for ideas and give yourself the ability to test these things, to try these things. But as you were listening today, there was probably something where you're like, oh, I could personalize that. I could personalize that. The faster you practice any of these, the faster you're going to fall in love with them and realize the power of these things and these things to focus on. So utilize these tools. And I 1000% recommend going and checking out the website if you want to connect with eric in any way i'm sure he's the he's the guy of partnerships over there for those entrepreneurs listening at bigger scales like reach out if you want help if you want to get connected if you want to get on i'm assuming your ethos at your company is very similar to bonjoro it's very family everybody's approachable you just want to help Absolutely. and be a part of this and so uh for everybody for everybody listening like i can vouch for that from the bottom of my heart i've known the bonjoro guys for like six years and Casey's incredible and he worked with Eric and Eric in my entire experience has been the same and I've used the tool before. So if it works for you, if it intrigues you, if it excites you, I recommend that you pursue it and you go take a peek at it. So yeah, I, uh, I really appreciate having
1: me on the show, George.
0: No dude, it was an, it was absolutely, I'm literally like I have, I'm getting interviewed in like 15 minutes and I am so excited about how much geeky energy (laughs) I have in my body right now. I feel like you just put me back on the football field And I'm like, Oh yeah, this is, this is fun. I don't get to talk about this often. So I love it, man. And uh, thank you so much for, for all of this and being so articulate with it and clear and the data and your views on it and letting me get excited and share on my own show. Cause I like, I don't get to talk about this stuff a lot. I'm like, Oh my God, he gets it. He's going to, ah, so sorry for fire hosing you with a little bit of excitement, but for, for those, um, for those listening, uh, take the invitation, right? Uh, I, I, I am so excited that Eric got to share this because this is the focus of a lot of things that I've been teaching you. And if you guys need help with any of this, grab a ticket to the event in November. Uh, I might even figure out how to schmoozle some Bonjoro guys or Optumont guys to come, come out to one of them in the future. Um, but make sure you understand that like, this is the secret, right? When I say relationship speed algorithms, there was just data given to you. From a very big level of a company from 10 grand to 4 million, of a company from blank to blank by utilizing the principles we teach. And then Eric also giving you tools and things. And so if we can help in any way, reach out, DM us on Instagram, grab an event ticket, slash event, and we will be there to support. But I recommend connecting with Eric. I would connect with you on LinkedIn, but I'm banned for life, Eric, so I can't. <laughs> um, Just so you know, for everybody wondering, I did a whole podcast on this, but that was old. Uh, I was on a flight, Eric, and I had to do a post on LinkedIn and my password got locked out when I was flying and the Wi-Fi wasn't fast enough for me to reset it. So I texted my executive assistant and I was like, hey, will you reset my password? And the moment he did, they locked my account and said I violated the terms of service with shared logins. This was like two years ago. And they were banning me for life. And then I replied with this long email, I'm like, you're telling me I'm the only CEO that has an executive assistant act on his behalf when a hundred of my friends own companies running thousands of people's wow. LinkedIns with their login. And they're like, yep, you didn't, you didn't make it past the filter. We caught you. And then they reaffirmed the decision and said, you are banned for life under your name, under your social, under any. And so I printed it and framed it. And it's in my office <laughs> hanging on my wall over there. And uh, I will, I will tell you, it's one of my favorite things is saying I'm banned from LinkedIn for life because I like abstained from that platform, anyways. But that's why I can't connect with you on LinkedIn. (laughs)
1: Okay, I get to say I know somebody who's been banned, almost like, you know, I know somebody who's been in prison, but in this case, you know, somebody was banned from
0: LinkedIn. Banned from LinkedIn, right? I'll, 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 I'll take that one all day. So, dude, it was an honor. It was a pleasure. Stick around for a second. Uh, But for those of you. That'll wrap another show. I had a blast. I'm like a giddy little kid over here right now with this one. But most importantly, like I say always, it's only as good as your ability to use it. So take one thing from today, grab it, put it into practice and be excited about this because this is where the work happens. This is the most important part and utilize the resources. Eric dropped a ton of knowledge. Optimunk has a ton of stuff. Connect with him on LinkedIn and just make sure you keep pursuing this. So we will see you in the next episode or you will hear me in your earbuds. But either way, we're out. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Mind of George Show.